Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. I am pretty pumped about today's topic. I'm not going to lie. We're talking about four myths about extroverts. And I hope you caught last week's episode where we covered four myths about introverts, trying to bring some freedom and understanding to the introverts in our life. And today we're going to do that same thing for the extroverts. But before we dive into what these myths are, I need to give a little bit of a disclaimer. And I know I shared some of this last week as well. But what we're talking about today is the working definition of introvert and extrovert as it comes from the Myers-Briggs type indicator personality assessment. So if you just Google extrovert definition or introvert definition, you're going to find uh, descriptions of personality characteristics. If you Google introvert, you're going to find descriptions like timid, shy. If you Google extrovert, you're going to find descriptions like outgoing, loud, things like that. And I want to challenge you to get over that perspective on introvert and extrovert and actually move into what I think is the more accurate description, uh, which is where you draw your energy from and where your focus really is. So last week we talked about how for introverts, your focus is often on your internal world. That's sort of the most important thing to you and you actually draw your energy from that place. But for extroverts, it's different. For extroverts, the external world is where they draw their energy from, from relational connections, from being around people, uh, from being in gatherings, these type of things is where extroverts actually draw their energy from. In fact, for most extroverts, we're focused externally. We actually draw our energy from places outside of ourself. And in the case of my experience, when we draw our energy from inside of ourself, it doesn't go very well. On the Myers-Briggs, there's a scale, 30 on one side, zero in the middle, 30 on the other side, where it kind of measures where you fall in how much energy you need from either your personal life or like the internal part of you or being around other people. And for me, I actually fall on the 28 out of 30 scale on the extrovert. So uh, that's a little extreme. I'm probably a little bit toned down from that now at this point in my life. I took that test 20 years ago when I was a freshman in college. Uh, and I know my life has changed quite a bit since then. But today, what I want us to understand is looking at our energy source as a flame that we're trying to get into a bonfire. If we want to be more productive, if we want to be more life-giving to the people around us, if we want to be more like Jesus even, then we need to understand how to steward our energy, how to steward our drive, how to steward our productivity. And so one of the ways I like to look at that is how we take a flame into a bonfire. And the easiest way to do that is pour some gas on it, right? And so for an, for an introvert, when they're spending time alone, when they're in their internal world, that's where their gas gets poured on the flame. And that little flame begins to rage into a bonfire. When they're out and about with other people, when they're being, uh, you know, in relational moments, having conversations, especially deep conversations, it can feel 
feel like rain is on that bonfire, diminishing it, and they need to go back to where the gas is in their internal life. It's exactly the opposite for extroverts. For extroverts, the gas is interaction with people. We have this little flame, and when we're around other people, the flame begins to rage into a bonfire. And uh, then when we're by ourselves, it begins to deplete under sort of the reign of our internal world. I don't know about you, but I've always joked that I'm the kind of extrovert that when I'm alone too long, things get dark. Uh, I've always kind of rejected the sound of silence. I've been one of those people that's had to really discipline myself to learn how to be alone because that's a normal thing of life. But I'm the kind of person who in college, I would actually just go to the mall just to be around other people or go to the public library just to be around other people if all my roommates were busy. But again, I'm probably on the far end of that scale. So let's dive in today to the four myths about extroverts that I think people misunderstand about what it means to be an extrovert. Myth number one, this is so important, that extroverts like all people. I can't tell you how many times I have watched people be genuinely surprised that an extrovert does not draw energy just from any person that they encounter. It's not like when you're at the self-checkout and you're interacting with that person who's, you know, uh, bouncing between all the little machines. That's not the type of interaction that you draw energy from. For most extroverts, you draw energy from people you actually want to be around. It's not just any person. It's specific people that you enjoy. This is a huge thing for the introverts in our life to understand because sometimes they might say to you, well, just go be with so-and-so, and that person may not actually be life-giving for you. And so we need to learn how to focus our efforts on being replenished by the people who actually replenish us. In other words, when I would go to the mall, that was actually not helping me. That wasn't actually energizing me. Um, okay, so myth number one, extroverts like all people. Well, listen, that's just not true. Myth number two, extroverts are all outgoing people. So if you Google the definition of extrovert, you're going to find outgoing next to it. But again, I want to challenge you to not assume that's actually the best definition for extrovert. In this context, when we're talking about where you draw your energy from, you can be an extrovert and actually not be a very loud, outgoing person. That's a different part of our personality. So when you're an extrovert, you're someone who enjoys getting energy from interactions with other people. You get your energy and your zest for life externally, meaning outside of yourself. You draw it from other people. And really, that's the end of the sentence. That really has nothing to do with whether or not you like to be in front of people, whether or not you like to talk on a microphone, whether you want to command the conversation of a whole room. Those type of things, although we're kind of conditioned to think about that as an extrovert, it's not really a good indicator of what makes an extrovert. People who like to be around people because that's where they draw their energy from, that is what it means to be an extrovert. So myth number one, extroverts like all people. Myth number two, all extroverts are outgoing. And myth number three, this one is a doozy. Myth number three, extroverts don't like being alone. This one is probably true at times, just as much as it's not true. So depending on where you fall on that sliding scale that we talked about, this is going to 
have a huge indication on that. You can be close to the middle, actually. There's such a thing called an ambivert where you actually draw energy from both places. You draw energy from being alone at times and also from being around other people at times. What that means is that in different seasons of life and really just, you know, as you learn to develop yourself personally, you can actually learn to be energized from different types of interactions. Extroverts don't necessarily not like being alone, but how they are while they're alone probably looks very different than an introvert. I came across an article a couple years ago that talked about how not everyone has an inner monologue. Have you ever heard this? And maybe you're listening saying, well, I don't. I'm the kind of person who has an inner monologue, meaning I actually talk to myself inside of my head. I'm like my own narrator. And I know that sounds really weird. It's even weirder to be that way. But when I'm thinking, there's actually words in sentences that I'm thinking. When I read this, I could not believe that there are people out there that don't do this. My husband being one of them, I said, Grant, are you the kind of person who has an inner monologue? And we had been married, I think, I don't know, 14, 15 years at this point. He said, no, I have no inner monologue. I could not believe it. When he thinks his mind is blank, that's it, just silent. And if I have silence in my brain, it lasts maybe 10 seconds before thoughts just start firing and the thoughts are actually like narration. So I don't know if this necessarily ties into whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, but what I'm saying this is when you are alone, you are you have a specific way you want to be alone. So for me, when I'm having, quote, alone time, I'm usually not actually alone. Music is on. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm reading something. I'm watching something on my phone or whatever. I don't like silence that much. Now, I've learned to like it more and do need it in my life, but it's rare. So extroverts, some of them do like being alone. Some of them don't. It's not a blanket statement about them as a whole. What I think is interesting about this is that our different season of life kind of affects our ability to be by ourselves. I remember when I was pregnant with my first child, I was 23 years old. I was in the height of my extrovertedness. I mean, literally, I could do 20 minute increments of being by myself. Otherwise, my mind would start going to a dark place. No one loves me. I have no friends. I'm never going to see anyone again. And it's literally been 20 minutes. It's embarrassing. I know. Praise God for his freedom and his deliverance because I have learned how to subdue that part of my mind. But I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he said to me, they had three kids, they were pregnant with their fourth, and he said to me, Rachel, I'm wondering what becoming a mom is going to do to your extroverted nature. And I kind of looked at him and said, I can't imagine it's going to change anything about it. And he just kind of laughed at me. I will never forget the sound of that laugh, like, oh, you just have no idea what it's like to be a mom. And I didn't, you know, he wasn't mocking me or anything like that. He was just sweetly kind of chuckling at my naivete. And he was 100% right. When you become a mother and you're a stay-at-home mom like I was, this person is with you constantly. I mean, they're always by your side, especially in the baby side, in the baby stage. And so my first kid didn't change much about my extroverted nature. My second kid began to change it some because I actually was 
uh, going through a really tough time emotionally. And if you've read my book, you'll get out of it when you learn to love it. This is sort of that time. By the time I had my third kid, all I did was crave being alone, probably because I was alone so rarely in my life that I had this thirst for being by myself. But here's the difference. When I would be by myself, I enjoyed it because I had no responsibilities. I enjoyed it because I had no demands being placed on me. I enjoyed it because I had freedom to do what I wanted to do, not because it was replenishing my energy. That's a big distinction. So do extroverts not like being alone? Not necessarily, but what they do with their alone time is very different than what an introvert does with their alone time. Let me say one more thing about this particular myth. So for me, I do enjoy being alone. Now that I've got four kids, I really enjoy being alone, but I'm not alone with my thoughts very often. I'm either journaling them out to the Lord, I'm reading something, I'm I'm stimulating my mind. I still don't really enjoy being in my inner world that much. When I love being alone, it's usually because I've got my headphones in, binge watching a show or something while I'm working on a puzzle in the same room with the rest of my family. That to me is prime time alone time. My husband cannot understand this at all because, as you know, he's an introvert. But that's what I mean to say that extroverts, it's not that we don't like being alone. It's just that what we do with our alone time is very different than what introverts are doing with their alone time. All right, let's go on to myth number four. Uh, And this is our final myth for the day. And this is that extroverts aren't good listeners. Extroverts aren't good listeners. If you know some extroverts in your life, you know that maybe listening for long amounts of time is a struggle for them. Uh, It can be. But I want to tell you that how you are as a listener is more about how much you've developed that skill. Being a good listener is actually a skill that takes time to practice. You have to learn how to stay focused on what someone is saying, how to ask good questions so that you can better understand them, how to be present and not let your mind wandering a bunch of other places. It really has nothing to do with where you draw your energy from. So if you have extroverts in your life that are not good listeners, it's because they're not good listeners, not because they're extroverts. I want to really challenge you, if you're listening to this and you are an extrovert, be cognizant of how your desire to draw energy from that interaction might be challenging your ability to listen well. Uh, You need to be able to make the distinction between feeding off of someone else and contributing by not listening. So again, whether you're a good listener or a bad listener is a skill that needs to be honed. It really has nothing to do with where you draw your energy from. Okay, let's recap just for a second. Myth number one, extroverts like all types of people. Myth number two, extroverts are all outgoing. Myth number three, extroverts don't like being alone. And myth number four, extroverts aren't good listeners. Listen, here's what I want to say just to wrap up our time together today. If you have an extrovert in your life, they need you. They need you because they draw their energy from being around you. But one of the best things that you can do is actually interact with them. Where an extrovert draws their life from is not just when you're listening blankly, but when you're actually listening to contribute to the conversation. When you're listening and you're sharing your ideas as well, when you're being able to feed off of each other. 
The extroverts in your life also need you to share experiences with them. Little things like going shopping together or going to a movie or going for a walk in a park or doing something that you're doing together, creating some fun moments in their life, even if they're not, you know, peak exhilaration times together, but you're just being together and interacting. The extroverts in your life need that to feel sane. Why? because they're drawing their energy from the world around them. And this is a huge deal. Let me just say one final thought for any of the mothers in the, that are listening to this or stay-at-home parents that are listening to this that fall on the extrovert side of where you draw your energy from. I really want to challenge you to make space in your life for exhilarating conversations with people. Even if your babies are crying in the background, even if you've got other things going on and you can only chat for about 15 minutes, make it a priority because you need the energy that comes from adult interactions as well. I think one of my biggest mistakes when I was a mother in those early years of being a mother was that I thought I could draw that energy from my inner interactions with my kids. And when that wasn't working, I couldn't figure out how to bridge that feeling to make relationships with people, that feeling that you know your kids are going to interrupt you, you know you're going to leave a little bit frustrated because you really didn't get to connect heart to heart, and it almost makes you not want to try. That is not a healthy thing for extroverts. So I really want to challenge you extroverts. Make space in your life for positive interactions with other people. Even if the best you can get is going to Target, walking the aisles, and looking for someone who will talk to you about your day. I know this probably sounds bonkers to introverts, but look, when you're an extrovert, you feed off the energy of the world around you. And you just need to make peace that that's the way that your mind works. It's not a bad thing. So let me close in saying this. In the same way that introverts can look at their schedule and they can build in times of replenishment and they can gift their time and energy to other people, extroverts, you can do the same. You can actually build in times where you're feeding off of the, the world around you and then gift your alone time. You can gift time. If you're, you know, if you have a spouse that's an introvert like I do, you you can actually gift them time to go be by themselves. And when you've thought about it ahead of time, it doesn't become a drain on you because you can make a plan around that. That's one of the healthiest things you can do, especially if you're in a marriage with one extrovert and one introvert, which can cause friction at times, but it's absolutely worth it when you have the right conversations in place. So extroverts, give yourself a high five or go find somebody to give a high five uh, and just know that we love you. We need you. We celebrate you you. We're thankful to have you in our lives. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed. <laughs>